Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Well, what's up, guys? How are y'all doing today? Did y'all have a good Christmas? I mean, I'm going to need a little bit better than that. Jesus had a birthday. We need to celebrate, all right? That's what I'm talking about. All right, so uh, if y'all noticed, uh, if around here, if you're a first-time visitor, we just want to let you guys know, uh, like Dwayne said, we are super glad you are here. Uh, they're scaling the back a little bit today. We are just uh, after candlelight. We did service the other day. How many of you guys were, were candlelight? Got to get a show of hands. Y'all, 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 y'all like the temperature better today? Or, yeah, yeah, y'all get it. Uh, boy, it was cold out there. I'm telling you, man, it was crazy. Uh, today, they, uh, we were running, doing a run-through through service production, and the guy said that we were scheduled to get out of here a little bit early because we only had a two-song set. And I said, whoa. I said, uh, they told me we was only having one service. I thought we were just going to make it last till noon, you know what I mean? I'm going to give you all what y'all came for, right? One person. One person is happy that I was joking about an extra long service. All right, way to go, Ike. <laughs> See you back there, man, even without glasses. I, got, I had two pair of glasses, and uh, literally one of them I look like Dwight Schrute off of the office, like, and those are the only ones that I can keep up with. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to not wear glasses today, and just whatever happens, happens. So if y'all see me trying to quote a scripture, and I get down here like this, probably going to get a little feedback, but that's what's happening. So, uh, well, man, we, uh, we had a great candlelight service. I'm super excited about that. Uh, I just know that, well, I, man, I love, I love where we're at in downtown Little Rock. There's, it just does something to me getting to be able to worship God on Main Street in downtown Little Rock in the capital city of the state of Arkansas. Like, I, it just, it really does. Like, it just, it does something to me to the point where M18 is actually having cold water baptisms. Uh, we're bringing out the baptismal. We're doing an event here this weekend. It's called Life Relaunch. And uh, M18 is going to have baptisms. we got four or five guys that are getting baptized at noon on Main Street, Little Rock, Arkansas, on New Year's Day. So how many people want to talk about washing away 2020, <laughs> right? So I was trying to think of uh, kind of an illustration for what 2020 has been to some people. And uh, the be- best I could come up with was not too long ago, the, the guys of M18, they went kayaking. And... Uh, and Daniel Worthy, I don't know if you guys know Daniel. Daniel's one of our staff members. But Daniel, uh, he had an accident when he was 18, paralyzed one of his arms. Well, he was out there, and he was kayaking, and they were fishing. And uh, they were fishing with, like, something we got from CityServe, I'm sure. It was like a little little Barbie pole or whatever it is, about, you know, two and a half foot long. Looks, looks totally unintimidating. And uh, finally, uh, James, uh, another resident at M18, he, uh, he hooked something. So he gave it to Daniel, and Daniel was going to reel it in. So Daniel's sitting there. Daniel's trying to paddle, and he put, puts the fishing pole between his legs to, to try to hang on to it because he's got one arm. And next thing you know, the fish starts moving. So that fishing pole just starts slapping Daniel in the face back and forth. And so my dude's just getting wore out by a little Barbie fishing pole uh, from, a, from a fish, and it's just meleeing him to death. But but nobody could do anything but laugh. Like, I mean, you see something like that, you like to think you'd help, but in all reality, man, you just, you just point and laugh, and that's really all you can do with it. And, uh, and, and that's what 2020 was. Uh, it was a little Barbie fishing pole, uh, just meleeing people, just wearing them out, man. And I think that's where we landed on this year. So I think a lot of people can't see this uh, year go by quick enough. But this is a cool service, because like a... Like was mentioned earlier, it's the last Sunday that you have an opportunity to uh, come to church before the new year. 
One of the cool things about the new year, it's not necessarily any different than January 27th or March 13th or October the you know, 2nd. It's just another day, but something about our mammalian brains, um, we have these moments in life in which that we're ready to make a change. New Year's Eve is no, it's one of the biggest ones. It's one of the ones that's most common for making a change. And uh, there's a guy, his name's Daniel Pink, and he actually wrote a book called When. Uh, he says they're called tem temporal landmarks. And what this does is it allows us to open up these mental accounts. And what would essentially, it will give us the ability to create a clean slate for everything that was done before that point. And so whenever we come into a new year, we can forgive ourselves for all the things that we've done. We can take account of all the horrible eating habits that we've had, all the you know, decisions that we've made that maybe we shouldn't have, but we can forgive ourselves for this and that we can make a clean slate. And so whenever we go into the new year, it's very important that we think about what it is in our life that we'd like to change. I know every year I've got some pretty, pretty standard ones. Uh, usually it's uh, lose weight. Um, work out more, eat healthier, and read more books about losing weight. So I, I, th those, are just, those are just some of my default. Like, I, I would like to read more, uh, but essentially one time I, I was going to write a book about losing weight, and you open it up, and it said, stop reading this book and go work out. <laughs> but, but for some reason, I'd rather watch YouTube videos about how to work out than actually get in the gym and do it myself. Got an immense amount of head knowledge, Dwayne, about how to work out, but I just don't really put it into practice. And, and I think that if we can be honest with ourselves, I think that's where a lot of us can get in life, is that we have this immense amount of head knowledge about things, but we're not quite putting them into practice. And so I want you guys to really think closely about what it is that you guys hope to accomplish this year. Um, one of the things that I was trying to accomplish at one time in my life was I was trying to figure out what God's will was for my life. I remember it was 2015. Uh, I'd been clean for about two and a half years. Some of you guys might not know, my wife and I, Ashley, we pastor M18 Recovery. It's a residential rehab. Some people ask how you become a recovery pastor. I just tell them you school of hard knocks versus seminary. You know, it's one, one of those things where you, you, you practice it for a little while and then God calls you out of it and then he puts you on that firm foundation and then you go from there. But in 2015, I, I remember I was, I was frustrated. I had left John 3.16 and I knew that I was called to some other form of ministry. I, I knew that I was called to something different. I knew that where I had ran my course there at John 3.16, and it was time to move forward with life. But I had moved to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and I had lived there for about six to seven months. Something just wasn't happening like I thought it was. Like nothing was happening like I thought it was supposed to. But I remember I was sitting there in my room and, and I prayed. It was about this time, about 2015. And I got on my knees and, and I literally, I said, God, what do you want from me? I mean, I wasn't like being rude, but I was definitely coming boldly before the throne. And I was, I said, God, what, what is it that you want me to do? Like you've got to show me. Because here I am, I'm in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I'm single, but I desire a family. I've got a job, but I desire a career. I'm serving relentlessly, but I still don't have the ministry that I know you've called me to do. It was a frustrating moment in time, and all I knew was that I wanted something more in life. I wanted to follow God with all my heart. I wanted to do what it was in my life that God had created me for. I wasn't going to settle for anything else. Anything less than what God created you to do in your life, if you try to live it out, it will be unfulfilling. 
I can promise you. And I think there's a lot of people in this room that love God with all your heart and love God with all your soul, but you're still trying to figure out just exactly what it is that God has called you for. Why did God make you? One of the illustrations that I always like to use is you can unscrew a screw with a butter knife, but it's a lot easier if you do it with a screwdriver. Like we can do a lot of things in our life and we can be successful at it, but it's not until you slip into the current of what God has actually called you for and made you to do that you're going to find absolute fulfillment and purpose in your life. So the thing that I want to talk about today is I want to talk about what are some areas in our life, five things we can do in which we can move towards God's will. How do we get ready for what it is that God's called us to do? How do we get God to reveal his will in our lives to us? First and foremost, whenever you talk about God's will, you got to know this can get theologically deep real quick. Uh, God has multiple types of will in his life uh, or in, in, in his scripture and in the word. Uh, first and foremost, there's God's sovereign will. Uh, what God's sovereign will is, is that nothing will prevent it. Like there's absolutely nothing that can stop it. Whenever God says, let there be light, there's light. There's nothing that can happen other than that. That's God's will. He wills it. That's actually called his uh, efficacious will. Uh, it will produce the desired result. Uh, secondly, uh, under the sovereign will, there's another type of sovereign will. It's called the permissive will. Uh, this is how God utilizes things in life that aren't necessarily desirable, uh, but in order to shape us and mold us for what he has created us to do. And the type of will, uh, the third type is uh, God's revealed will. Uh, God's revealed will is the will that he sets forth in scripture. These are his commandments. These are the things that he tells us what to do but then we have the option or opportunity to do or to not do them. Uh, these are the things like don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Uh, all of these things that we find in Scripture that God tells us to, to do. This is his revealed will. All of the revealed will you're going to find contained in Scripture. But what we, most of us want to know, the answers to these things that God has placed in our life, we already have the tools to figure out and to find out. So out of the five things that I'm just going to briefly go through these, it's not going to be a long message today, I don't think, unless I really get, get on one, Ramsey, and then it may or may not happen. But uh, first, prayer and fasting. Never underestimate the power of prayer. I think sometimes it can just be so simple and you can be so inoculated with it. Do y'all know how they make a lot of vaccines as they inoculate you with like just like a little bit of the virus and it gives you just enough of it so that you're immune to it? I think especially coming from the South and being born and raised in church, we can hear this so often. You got to pray about it. You got to pray about it. You got to pray about it. That we no longer really experience the power of what prayer actually is. Prayer is us going to God and requesting something because when Jesus died on the cross, we no longer have to go through someone else to get to God. Instead, we can go directly to him. It says the veil was tore. What that symbolizes is we no longer have to go through a priest to get to God one or two days a year, but instead we actually have the power to go directly to God ourselves. Think about that. We have the power to petition the creator of the universe on our behalf. It's amazing. We should never get inoculated with this. Like, we should never think that it's something far more, like, we should never think that if we were to do more, that, that, that we could get God to somehow bend to our will, when in all reality, he just wants us to ask. Look at this. In 1 John 5, 14, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How cool is that? Whenever we start praying, like I'll never forget whenever I started playing with this. And I'm telling you, man, it was like a litmus test. Sometimes I read the Bible and I read it like a scientific, like an if-then statement. Like if God truly hears us when we're praying for his will, then that means that if he starts answering my prayers, then that means that I must be in his will, right? And so I started praying and I started praying all these really cool prayers. And then I started watching God answer them over and over and over. You want to talk about something that will build your faith quick whenever God starts answering the prayers that you've been praying. I'm telling you, whenever you take something to prayer to God and he answers it, the craziest thing happens. Some of these prayers, man, it's like I don't even like talking about them because they were so magnificent that it sometimes diminishes other people's faith because they're like, well, why doesn't stuff like this happen to me? But I'm going to tell you anyway because I'm telling you, we serve a good God. At M18, we were praying. We were praying for vehicles. Daniel Worthy, he comes to me, and he has a need. He needed a vehicle. He said, hey, man, he said, I want to let you know. He said, I appreciate you allowing me to use the ministry van. He said, I know that you don't have to do that. And I said, well, Daniel, I said, uh, well, what's going on? He said, well, man, I just feel like that I need my own vehicle. And I said, well, man, I said, I think that's God's will. <laughs> I said, do you want to pray for it? We prayed for it. Within 30 minutes, someone texted me and said they had a vehicle that they wanted to give James. In return, James gives his vehicle to Daniel like that. I'm telling you, prayer works. You've got to use this tool. All right, so second, check scripture. 100% of God's revealed will is located in scripture. There's some things that people are doing right now that are blatantly against scripture, and they're wondering why God's not blessing them. Brutal honesty. Like, you can read through what the Bible says. Like, I don't have to tell you whether or not you should be with the person that you think you're thinking about marrying. Like, I can look through Scripture, and I can show you right now what the Bible says about your current situation and whether or not it lines up. Some of you guys, you're, you're just, you need to pull the trigger. Like, you need to marry. Other people, you might not. Like, Scripture is very clear about some of these things that we want to wrestle with God for all the time. But one of the craziest things about uh, people, whenever they check scripture, they want to do this magic eight ball approach. All right. So the magic eight ball approach of scripture is where you just open up the Bible and you're like, all right, cool. This is the one. Yes, that's it. So I actually had something similar to this happen to me. Uh, I was dating someone before I met my wife or I was entertaining the idea of dating someone before I met my wife. And all of a sudden somebody gives me the scripture. In Hosea 1, 2, it says, When the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. All right, look, I'm telling you, Project Pat has better relationship advice than this, all right? Like, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, like don't just randomly open the Bible and say, All right, that's it, promiscuous woman. I, yeah, she's definitely the one, you know? I, uh, I, I can attest to that. But I'm telling you, we have to look deeper into the scripture than that. It's not just about opening up the word of God and just pointing at something because that's not the way that it's going to work out. We have to write the word on the tablets of our heart. We have to know the word. We have to memorize the word. We have to meditate on the word. There's a huge difference between just reading a scripture every now and then and actually studying the word. 
And what scripture actually tells us to do is it says to meditate on it day and night so that we might not sin against thee. So some of you guys need to put better practice in that. And I know that myself personally, one of the things that I was reading about was a, uh, it's called scripture uh, memorization. And it's, uh, it's where you actually just look at one scripture and you just chew on it throughout the course of the day. And you continually chew on that scripture until that you have it memorized. And that way, over the course of a year, you can memorize 365 scriptures. Like, it's just something that we just do consistently, but we write it on our heart and it will help reveal the will to God to us. Um, Third, consult spiritual authority. There's a lot of Christians that aren't covered in this area. Do you have someone in your life that is your spiritual authority? I've got a lot of people. There is a lot of people in my life that I have placed as spiritual authority. Whenever I was at John 3.16, uh, I decided in my... In my my life, it was out of control. I wasn't going to listen to anybody. I wasn't going to do what anybody said all the way through my life, like up until I ended it up in jail. Uh, and, and I decided that whenever I got to John 3.16, I was going to do a lot of stuff differently. Um, I put spiritual authority in my life. I decided I was just going to do whatever, whoever my spiritual authority, whatever they said, that's what I was going to do. Whenever I finally learned to submit to earthly leadership, that's whenever I finally realized what it was like to submit to God and say, not my will, but yours be done. If you cannot submit to earthly leadership, you will never be able to submit to a distant deity. You will never be able to submit to God if you cannot submit to man on earth. But a lot of people, man, they don't understand the benefits. Like, they don't understand what comes along with, with, with spiritual authority and how that it actually works for the benefit in your life. Scripture actually says in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. And so basically, God's put people in your life to, to, to protect you, to guide you, to help you through this life that we have. Uh, make sure that whoever you put in your life, though, that it's a spiritual leader, make sure that you can respect them. Make sure that they know the word. Make sure that they've got a proven track record. Don't, not, not all the time is it the person that's walking alongside of you that has the best advice for your life. Sometimes you need somebody that's a little bit more seasoned, somebody that has a lot more knowledge in the word, somebody that has a lot more experience in life to help you out through these stages in your life. And look, these are all things that we don't get overnight, but I'm telling you, if you're living a pretty blessed life, it's because you're doing some of these things well. And if your life is not like you would like it, then maybe you should start implementing and putting some of these. I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm just letting you know the things in my life that have worked for me, that have gotten me to where that I'm at today. So in Proverbs 11:14 it says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. The impact that spiritual authority has over your life is phenomenal. One of the coolest things that Daniel actually told me, he said, whenever I came into M18, he said, I just decided that I was going to do whatever it is that you and Ashley told me to. He said, in all circumstances and situations. I'm not talking about putting yourself under somebody that's going to abuse you spiritually. I'm talking about putting yourself under somebody that genuinely cares about the outcome of your life and wants to see you successful. That's what I'm talking about. Find someone who loves you and cares about you. One of the coolest things about spiritual authority and spiritual leadership is whenever you take your problems to someone and whenever you take what you're dealing with to someone, whenever you put it on the table, what it does is it separates your mind, your will, your emotions, your ambitions away from the situation, and it turns it into a straight black and white problem. 
So whenever we start dealing with things in our own mind and our own headspace, we've got selfish ambitions that are rising up. We've got these emotions of whether it's loneliness or past abandonment issues or, or, or the self-confidence issues. We've got all these things that are intertwined in with the problem that we have in our life. But if we were to just vote, verbalize it, speak it out into the atmosphere and let someone that we have placed in our lives that has spiritual authority sift through all that, you're going to come out with a more accurate answer as to what you should do in your life and how that you can get closer to God's will. All right, so uh, whenever I was at John 3.16, I just want to throw this out. Uh, what, what I did, and this was highly effective for me, I was searching for the will of God in my life, but I wasn't ready to go out and do it on my own. I just wasn't. What I was called to do was I was called to submit to another individual and help them build the vision that God had given them. If you're in a season right now where you don't have a specific vision for your life, find someone who does. Serve them. Serve them with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Treat the vision that God has given them as if it was the vision that God had given you, and two things will happen. One, God will bless you with a vision of your own. And two, that person will honor you when the time comes. It's amazing what you can achieve whenever you become selfless in life and connect yourself to someone that you believe God is speaking to. Number four, listen to God. God talks to us. Do you guys know that? Like, you don't have to be crazy. Like, I'm talking about, like, is that PC this year? Like, can we say that? All right, cool. Go, on, go ahead. So you don't have to be crazy, and you can still hear from God. Scripture says in John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow. My sheep hear my voice. It's like we hear the voice of God, but what we have to do is we have to learn how to hear it, right? Like it's not something that just happens overnight. Whenever uh, the, the Israelites, they would have got this because what, what happened was in order to protect the flock and so that they could be guarded by fewer people, um, the shepherds at night would put all of their sheep in the same pen. Well, the next morning, the shepherd would wake up and he would call to his sheep. Well, the sheep would come running to that specific shepherd like they knew his voice. But what happens is we get caught up in all the things of the world. God is not always easy to hear, especially whenever you're not tuned into the right station. It takes time. Over time, you will learn how to hear from God. You will learn how to decipher what it is that God has, is telling you, what he's calling you to do. Just like the sheep know the shepherd's voice, we're supposed to know the voice of God when he speaks to us. Now, there's three typical ways that God will speak to us, actually four, but three, three of the ways, one is through scripture. God will, through scripture, he will talk to you, he will reveal things to you. Uh, second, through godly people, through other individuals, he'll speak to you through people. And then third, he will speak to you uh, through imprints, impressions in your spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, scripture says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. So whenever these impressions occur in your spirit, you have to get in tune to them. Whenever you get in tune to the spirit of God. Now, also know that nothing that we ever think that we hear from God will go against the scripture. Nothing. Whether someone speaks into your life, whether you feel like, you feel like, oh, well, God, like I was never really supposed to marry this person anyway. Like, I know we got two kids, like my secretary, like she's really the one that you had for me. I just missed out on that opportunity. Look, I'm telling you right now, that's a lie from the pits of hell. 
Uh, like there is nothing about that that is of God. So we have to make sure that anything that we feel like that we're, that we're getting in our life, we want to run that through our spiritual authority and we want to be able to talk to people about that because it's through the lens of scripture that we'll be able to determine whether it's of God or not. Uh, an example of how that I've heard from God through an impression in my spirit. Um, I struggle with abandonment issues my whole life. Like my mom has been married like five times. My dad's been married like five times. Like uh, I've, I've dealt with a lot growing up. Um, I just always had self-confidence issues as a child. And that's one of the reasons I turned into drug addiction and became this crazy larger than life party animal. But uh, whenever Ashley and I met, I was in a good spot in my life and I was healthy. Well, Ashley was coming out of an unhealthy situation in her family. And I, I remember she would always cancel like these dates and like whatever we were, you know, getting together, like whenever we was, you know, dating and trying to get to know one another. Like I would organize and arrange my entire weekend based upon what she was, uh, was saying that she was going to do. And then all of a sudden, the last minute, she would cancel. And I didn't really realize the toxicity that she was experiencing at that time in her family. And so her actions had nothing to do with me. It had to do with her other situation. Well, I prayed to God. And I said, God, I said, what, what am I supposed to do about this? And uh, the Lord literally, it was an impression in my spirit. And the way that I received it, it was like a full thought that hit me all at once. And he said, you cannot do anything to bring her to you, but you can push her away. And that was it. From that moment, God came, as, he, he told me literally that there was nothing that I could do. He was going to deliver her to me, but I could run it all. And, and that's what I was doing with my attitude. And from that moment, God, he snipped the cord and he plucked out all the abandonment issues that I ever had in my entire life. And I knew that he was with us in our relationship. And, and so God does speak directly to you from times. But I'm telling you, make sure that you run this through other people until you know whether or not that it's God that's actually doing the talking. All right. And the fourth thing, fifth thing, thank you, uh, pursue holiness. I'm telling you guys, man, this is where it's at. Whenever you can wake up in the morning and say, God, purify me. God, cleanse me. God, I want to follow you. I want to not sin against you. I want to grow closer to you, Lord. Whenever you can wake up every morning with a clean conscience and just know that the things that you're doing in life are going to grow the kingdom, there's nothing better. You want to think that, that, I'm telling you right now, that whenever you wake up in the morning and that's it, all you want to know is God and what his revealed will is to you, he'll show you. He'll show you every time. And it's through the pursuit of holiness. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. We've been called to transform our lives into the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's a tall order, but it's God that's working inside of you, that's giving you the desire to, please, to do what pleases him, and he's also giving you the power to achieve it. All we have to do is submit our lives to that. You see, God's will is that we be sanctified. It's that we conform to the image of his son. Some people, they receive salvation, but they never pursue holiness. You see people that have walked through the same year of their life over and over and over and over. It's because from the moment that they receive salvation up until 10 years down the road, they've never once pursued holiness. They've never even thought about it. 
I want this to be a church that pursues holiness, that pursues righteousness. Look, I'm telling you, you can have fun and still be righteous. You can. It is completely possible. I look at the guys at M18, man, the most fun people you'll ever hang around in your entire life. They're not judgmental. They're not hypocritical, but they do seek righteousness. They do seek holiness. They want to be more and more like Christ every single day. Uh, one time we were selling tickets uh, for an event for John 316, and we walked into this pastor's, uh, uh, he was a mechanic, he was bivocational, and uh, in the mechanic shop, we, we talked to him and we prayed with him, uh, and at the end of it, somebody took a, a screenshot after we had left of a post he'd put on Facebook, and he said, uh, I don't know where I missed it. He said, I feel like these four guys in red t-shirts have done more for the kingdom of God in these eight hours they've been selling tickets than I have my entire life as a pastor. It's because somewhere... He missed it. He missed that our calling in life, our job in life is to continually pursue righteousness, not so that we can hang on to it for ourselves, but so that we can have an outpouring in our lives that flows on to all the people around us. If we truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is God's son and he came and lived a life that we couldn't live so that we could have a life we didn't deserve in eternity in heaven, if we believe that, are our lives lined up with it? That's all I'm saying because it's about to be 2021 and we're about to have some decisions to make. And I'm not coming at this from a judgmental approach. I'm not coming at this from God doesn't have grace for you because God's got grace for days. That's the only reason I'm standing here. But what I do want you to do is to make it up in your mind that all you want in life is to become more like Jesus. Because when you make that decision and you let the people around you know that I'm telling you something is going to happen. And I think that a lot of us are burnt out because we've been living the same year over and over over and we've never made the commitment to pursue holiness and nothing has ever happened in our Christian lives, but it's because we have not been pursuing God like that we're supposed to. Look, in 2 Timothy 2.21, it says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. That's what we're here for. The gift of salvation is free. It's grace. That's, we could never earn it ourselves, but God has good works that he has designed for us to do before the foundation of the earth was even set. But some of these works, we have to cleanse and we have to purify ourselves before we can walk in them. Tanner told me a story. He came back from, uh, from Christmas and he was talking about a lady that he was uh, paying for gas and uh, he said that the lady said that she wasn't going to have a very good Christmas, that she didn't know she could ever be happy again this time of year. And uh, next thing you know, Tanner's praying for her, said he made the lady's night. You know what? If he would have been walking in his addiction, do you think that he would have received that opportunity? No, he would have missed that good work. But because he's pursuing holiness, because he's pursuing righteousness, God puts these opportunities in his life so that he can minister. J.J., man, J.J. went through a dry spell. Uh, J.J. didn't know what it was that God had, was calling him to do, and now he's the king of Wolf Street. Uh, this dude's down here at a uh, host of AA meetings like six hours or 12 hours a week, uh, and he's helping other people overcome drug and alcohol addiction. He's getting them plugged into the faith-based recovery community. Why? Because he's seeking holiness, because he's pursuing righteousness in his life. So God's given these opportunities. Whenever we look for the will of God in our life, we're really wanting to know what it is God's called us to do, what it is God's created us to do, and you will find what God has created you to do through seeking righteousness. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added into you. What we want more than anything else is we want to be prepared for the works that God has for us. 
In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's the reason we're created. We're created to do good. We're created to help our fellow man. We're created to, to teach people about the kingdom of God. We're created to testify in Jesus' name about what God's done in our life, the radical things that we've seen happen, the miracles that we've seen performed. Because through that, people will believe and people will be saved. It's God's will that no man should perish. So if you want to be dead smack in the middle of God's will, help that. Help that cause. Jesus right now is pleading with each and every one of you and people all throughout his church to take this mission, to take this mandate seriously. I love this so much because I'm telling you, it's not harsh, it's not judgmental, but it does make you open up your mind and think, what is my 2021 going to look like? Is it going to be the same year over again? Or in this year, am I going to set some goals? Am I going to set some things in my life? Am I going to put standards? Am I going to put some guardrails up? Am I going to get out of some of these toxic situations that I've been in? Am I going to start helping other people? Is that what my 2021 is going to look like? Because if you do that year after year after year, you will wake up one day and go, holy cow, how did I get here? But not in a bad way. It will be the most amazing journey that you have ever been on your life. And it will happen one day at a time by making a commitment. So if I can encourage anything through this whole, whole message, it's to make your burning heart desire to know God and to live a life searching after holiness. I'm going to pray for you guys. So if you could just bow your heads. There's a couple group of people I'd like to pray for today. First and foremost, if you've lost vision for your life or if you've never even really understood what it is that God has called you for, I would just like for you to slip up your hand right now. If you're looking to me to pray right now that God just reveal his calling to you in your life and that you want 2021 to be a different year than it has been before and you're ready to step into that calling and figure out why God's created you, just please just lift up your hands so I'll know who I'm praying for. I see you all around the room, everywhere. Uh, and also the second group of people I would like to pray for is if you've never in your life pursued holiness. If you've never asked Christ into your life, if you've never asked Christ to help you out with this, if you've never received salvation to begin with, uh, please just lift up your hand. You don't have to go another day without knowing. I see you. You don't have to go another day without knowing, without a shadow of a doubt, who you are and who you belong to. If there's anybody else in here that would like to receive Christ, just please slip up your hand. See you. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray right now, God, that you'll just reveal to us, Lord, who we are in you, God. We pray that you will continually just provide opportunities in our lives so that we can fulfill the call that you have on us, Lord. We ask for you to put people in our lives, God, that can lead us, that can guide us, that can shepherd us, that can help shape us, Lord. Uh, we ask that you'll just never depart from us, God. We ask that you'll start speaking to us louder and louder, God. And not just that, but we ask that you will allow the volume of the world to just be less and less so that we can focus on you. We ask for the situations that we have in our lives that we're unable to attend to on our own, God, that they need a divine intervention, Lord. Uh, we ask for you to intervene, God. Uh, we ask for you to be there when we can. And for the people that are wanting to receive salvation today, God, we just pray that you will enter their hearts, Lord, that you will radically change them, God, and that they'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.